Let's give the Lord the greatest praise we can give him. Hallelujah. Help me, help me with this. I'm, I'm going into the word. Oh, Lord. 
Thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for what you're doing even now. Now, Lord, I acknowledge that I can't do it on my own. And I acknowledge that all of my help comes from you. Now, Lord, I pray that you would move in this place in a mighty way move from heart to heart from breath to breath in the name of Jesus I pray that as your word goes forth that burdens will be lifted that yokes will be destroyed and that needs will be supplied in the marvelous magnificent mighty matchless majestic name of Jesus I do pray amen Come on and give the Lord another praise. Thank you, Lord. This morning, I want to preach from this text found in the Gospel of Luke, 
chapter 12. And uh, we want to focus our attention beginning at verse 16. The Lord has led me in this direction this morning. gospel recorded by St. Luke chapter 12 beginning at verse 16 those of you who are able once you find it would you stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God in Luke chapter 12 beginning at verse 16 you'll find these words Jesus, it says, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat drink and be merry but God said unto him thou fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I've preached from this text before, but God has laid something else on my heart to share with you today out of this text. Today, I want to focus in uh, on this thought. I want to, I want to, I want to focus in on, on the thought that when the Lord gets ready, you've got to move. When the Lord gets ready you've got to move my brothers and sisters I I want to say to you today in my introduction that the reality of life is that we are not going to be here forever this, this world as we know it is not our home but we are all pilgrims and we're strangers passing through this land. And I have learned that it's not so much about when you're born, it's not even about when you die, but it's about the dash that's in between. And I want you to understand that it behooves us uh, that we make the necessary preparation, amen, to leave this world. This is not a popular message, but it's one that needs to be preached. Because anytime you're going to make a journey, there stands the need for you to prepare for the trip. If you're going to leave Pensacola and visit in California, 
you're going to make the, if you're wise, you're going to make the necessary preparation, amen, before you arrive at the destination. In other words, you may have to make reservations for uh, uh, lodging. You may have to make reservations to rent a vehicle to get there. And, 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 and there are other plans and things that you have to do in order uh, to prepare for the journey. I want you to understand that in the, in the text today, we will find that uh, there were two, there was an argument going on between two brothers. Evidently, somebody had died and there had been an inheritance left behind. And after the inheritance was left behind, y'all know how it can be sometimes in family well well mama left me in charge and and, and 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 i'm supposed to be the one to oversee but i've learned that the one that's supposed to oversee everything don't always do right do you hear what i'm saying and this one brother he had all of the inheritance and evidently he would not share it with his brother and after the dispute was going on continually the brother, amen, that was trying to get his portion of what belonged to him, he went to Jesus and he says, Jesus, look, uh, my brother, I, I need you to talk to him, Lord. Talk to him that, that, that he will do right by me and that he will divide the inheritance with me, that he will give me the portion of the inheritance that belongs to to me and Jesus turned to the man and said man look who made me a judge or a divider over you now we must understand where when Jesus responds to this man and he says who made me a judge or divider over you we have to understand that when Jesus came the first time he came as the savior oh but 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 when he comes again he'll be coming as the judge he says unto the man, who made me a judge or divider over you? You're arguing over these materialistic, these worldly things. And he said unto them, unto who? The disciples, the people that were gathered around. He said, take heed and beware of covetousness. You know what? When I look at this, when Jesus, amen, had the man to come to him, amen, Jesus immediately understood that it is a covetousness issue going on between these two brothers. And not only is there a covetousness issue going on, amen, what's going on in that day and time, I can look in the present day and time and see some covetousness issues going on. What does it mean to covet? That means that you look at what somebody else have and you desire it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. Some folk already have more than they can handle. And yet they will look at what somebody else has and desires to have it. Something that doesn't belong to you. Amen. Folk look at other folk wives. Y'all not praying with me, but I'm going to preach in the house. And desire to have them. Look at other folk uh, cars and desire to have them. Look at other folk houses and desire to have them. Jesus gives us to understand all of us need to beware of covetousness. 
How many know that coveting is a sin? Because one of the Ten Commandments was, thou shalt not covet anything that your neighbor has. Jesus said, beware of covetousness. Then he goes on to explain to them in verse 15, he said that a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he possesses. In other words, he gives them to understand that the things that you have don't, should not make you who you are. How many know things don't make you? Huh? Amen. You can put on a suit that make you look like an angel, but you, if, if, if you're a devil, you still, you're just a devil in a suit that make you look like an angel. But you're still a devil in your heart. Come on here, somebody. Talk back to me if you can. But how many know, how many know that, 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 that Jesus, what he was trying to say unto us is that, is that a man's life. You know, some people will, will say you somebody if you live in a certain neighborhood. Or you somebody if you hold a certain position or, or if you make a certain level of money. But how many know that God, amen, when he looks at people, he don't judge you by what you have or what, by what you don't have. But he looks beyond the outward appearance of a man and he looks down in the heart. I have discovered some folks can look like an angel on the outside but look like a troll on the inside. Anybody know what a troll is? You know how ugly a troll is. Some folks look good on the outward appearance, but on the inside of their heart, they look like a baboon. <laughs> I'm gonna preach this thing anyhow this morning. It's bad to be looking good on the outside and tore up from the flow up on the inside. God is saying to us, I want you to look better on the inside than you do on the outside because I'm not going to judge you by what you wear or by what you drive or by what a house you live in, but I'm going to judge you by the contents of your heart. It's not about, it's not about the cars and the houses and the land and all of that. All of that is good in his place. He gives us those things to enjoy. But he's saying that those things should not be first priority in your life. How many know the first priority should be God? The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things shall be added unto us. In all of our lives, God should be number one. God should be number one in all of our lives. Jesus said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possess. You ain't going to get to heaven just because of what car you drove. 
you ain't going to even make it to heaven because of your position. According to Jesus, he said a lot of them going to be them prophesied and going to get to heaven gate and get turned around. He's not, he's not going to allow entrance into the kingdom based on what, you, what position you were in. Amen. A lot of folk going to get up there and say, Lord, I was a preacher and I shouted folks every Sunday morning. He's going to say, yeah, yeah, you were preaching, but you wasn't preaching for me. Preaching for self-glory. Preaching for filthy lucre. Come on here, somebody. Preaching for the pats on the back. Preaching for the praises of men. You don't understand. You already got your reward. And God is saying to us through the word, I want you to make me first priority in your life. That's the, 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 that's the bottom line of this whole text is that God is trying to get us to understand he needs to be number one and as I look at so many people in this world today so many people put God on the back burner of their life and they say Lord I will get back with you if I got time and if I don't have any time Isn't it amazing how we can make time for everything that we want to make time for? But then when it comes down to God and God's business, we don't have much time for that. Hmm? We can go to a party and they, they say, well, it's going to be over at 10. Are they that early? Come, come to Bible study where we'll be out by nine. We got to stay that late. It's because folk priorities are messed up. You got to have your priorities in order. There are so many people this day and time are, 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 are operating under the spirit of covetousness. And you know what covetousness will cause you to do? I mean, covetousness will cause people to do some things that they normally wouldn't do. And covetousness will cause a person, when they look over across the fence and see uh, uh, Brother Bam Bam got this and Sister Spooky Dot got that, They'll try to work or do whatever it is that they have to do to try to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. But last time I read my Bible, and it's in yours too if it ain't tore out, Jesus said, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What price tag can you put on a soul? A soul is so valuable until there is nothing in this life that can compare to it. Covetousness. 
covetousness is a major problem even within the body of Christ it's a problem because you have some folk that have said Lord if you bless me with a job Lord I'll be at church and I'll serve you and I'll worship you I'll give you all the glory and the praise and God bless them with the job and they go forget about the vow that they made to God and they tell the man if you ever need anybody to work on Sunday call me Need me to work overtime? Call me. Need somebody? Listen, we, one thing we got to understand, we cannot afford to put God on the back burner of our life. Just can't afford. Jesus gives us to understand it behooves us to be rich toward God. What, what does it mean to be rich toward God? It means that, 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 that we should pursue him. Not just on Sunday morning. But we should pursue him every day of our life. How can I pursue God, preacher? You can pursue him through your prayer life. You can pursue him through getting in his word and meditating on the word day and night and taking that same word and hiding it in your heart that you won't sin against God. You can pursue him through coming to Bible study, coming to Sunday school, coming to worship service. That's how you pursue God. And that's how you can be rich toward him. Tell somebody it's important to be rich toward God. Do you know why it's important to be rich toward God? Because I have discovered it is impossible for us to pursue God or to seek him and he not reward you in return. Last time I read my Bible over in Hebrews, it said that he that cometh to God must first believe that he is. And then the writer went on and wrote a little further. And he said, and that he is a rewarder unto them that diligently seek him. Notice the key word there is diligently. Some folks seek God, but they don't seek him diligently. Amen. They get down and say that little minute mouth prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray to 35 years old, still saying the same prayer. Should have graduated from that by now. But if you diligently seek God according to the word, He will reward you for the seeking, He will reward you, number one, with spiritual benefits. You'll have a walk with him that, that, that other folk don't have that don't take the time to seek him the way you seek him. You will walk in an anointing that others don't, do not walk in because they don't take the time to seek him. He'll show you things that other folks cannot see because they don't take the time to seek him like you do.
there's a reward in seeking God. And the word said that if you seek him with your whole heart, it is then that you will find him. But so many, God brought to my attention that there are so many people, even when the, within the body of Christ, they don't have a passionate relationship, but they have a passive relationship. There's a difference in having a passionate relationship and a passive relationship. A lot of folks just have that passive, you know. Just like some folks that at the church today, gonna put their Bible down, it's gonna collect dust till the next time they go to come to church. I'm not just talking about people in here, I'm talking about all throughout the church world. But I want to announce to you today that God is saying to the church that he does not want to have weekend visits but he wants full custody he wants full custody he don't want just weekend visits Sunday morning visits and, and, and all that but he wants full custody of us as his people Full custody. This, this, this brother came to Jesus saying, Lord, help me get what's mine. And Jesus had this brother to understand that even if you get these things, there's a greater lesson you need to learn. And that lesson is that, that you need to be rich toward God because I've learned that there is it's, it's no way that you can pursue God and he not bless you in return listen but so oftentimes God told me this he said so oftentimes people are pursuing blessings but I have discovered that if you pursue the blesser you will receive the blessing. Because when you start pursuing the blesser, you don't have to chase the blessing down. The blessing starts pursuing you even as you pursue the blesser. Do you understand what I'm saying? You got to pursue him with all of your heart. I've learned that if you pursue God, that he will, re he will re faithfully reward you for your seeking him. Listen, listen. This man, Jesus, after, after Jesus told him that, 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 that a person's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possessed, Jesus began to speak a parable to, the, to him so that he could better understand. And then, and then he, be, he began to speak this parable so that the disciples and those others who were gathered around would better understand, amen, what, what, what the point that Jesus was trying to drive home. Now, he says unto, unto him, he said, man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possessed. And he spake the parable saying that the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room to put all my fruits. 
Look at how, 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 how awesomely he had been blessed. How abundantly he had been blessed to receive these fruit, the labor that he had put forth and all of this and, 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 and God had blessed the works of his hands in a great and in a mighty way. And then he said within himself when he had so much that he had no room to store it all. He said, what am I going to do? Because I got so much here. I don't have anywhere to put it. This man was a selfish man. He had no regard for those that were in need. He was only focused on himself. I mean, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to be selfish and self-centered. He said, he said, after he pondered and after he thought about it, after he made all of his considerations, uh, I, won't, I, won't, I won't say that he didn't consider the poor, But he could have considered the poor and said, I ain't giving them nothing. This is mine, all mine. Then he said within himself, after all of the considerations, he said, this, I know what I'll do. I will tear down my old barns. And I'm going to build some bigger barns. Then after I build the bigger bonds, I'm going to take all my fruit and all of my goods and I'm going to store that fruit and my goods in those bonds and I'm going to say to my soul, <laughs> you have a whole lot laid up for a long time, for many, many years and, and, and just take thine ease, eat, drink and be merry. But my brothers and sisters, the, the, the parable goes on to say, but God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Now notice here, uh, the Lord called him a fool. Now, people may call you a fool, but that don't necessarily make you one. But when the Lord say you're a fool, you are a fool indeed. He said, thou fool, this very night, not tomorrow, but this very night. It's meaning that he didn't even have a chance to build the barn. This very night, your soul is going to be required of you. And as I look in the text, it shows me that life is uncertain. And that's why the Bible teaches us don't boast yourself of tomorrow because you don't know what a day is going to bring forth. Anybody here know it's not good to brag too much because you never know what the next day is going to bring. 
He is bragging about how much he has and the same night his soul was required. God called him out of the world. And I want to say this to you that because we see in the text that life is uncertain, it behooves us, my brothers and sisters, to make sure that our lives are in order. It behooves us to be sure that we are ready, amen, to leave. You know, it's nothing wrong with dying because for those who are true born-again believers, the Bible teaches us to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Death is only a bad thing for those who die outside of Christ or die without Christ, amen, who die without a relationship with Christ. And I come to remind you that you can be a church goer and not have a relationship with Christ. You can be singing in the choir, precious Lord, take my hand, singing all them good songs and not have a true relationship with Christ. You can be preaching the word of God and not have a relationship with God. So my question to you today is, are you sure that you have a relationship with God? See, some folks have fellowship with the church, the local church, but have not yet come into relationship with God. See, because when you come into relationship with God, it cha he changes you. That's the evidence. Amen. Some folks said the evidence of speaking in tongues and all that. Well, each to his own. But I come to tell you that when a person comes in contact with God and when you come into a real relationship with God, you are no longer the same. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away and behold all things are new. And the Lord told us in the word, a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. You bearing bad fruit, you're a bad tree. I've seen too many folks in the church world walking around talking about, oh, I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. What's the biggest devil you want to see? You gotta have relationship with God. You can go to church all your life and still die and go to hell. I wasn't looking for a whole lot of shouts, no harm. And thank God I'm delivered from that point where I got to have folks to shout and say amen and dance and, and all that stuff. Because I done seen folks dance and get right up off the floor, fall down, get right up and cuss folks out. I'm beyond that point now. It don't matter if you don't say nothing. I'm just a mayor man. When I deliver the mail, you can open it or you can throw it away. But once I deliver, I've done my job. And I'm just trying to tell you today that it's going to come a time all of us got to get out of here. The young, the old, 
the middle age. We all got to get out of here one day. And the only thing that's going to matter, are you ready when your time is up? God said it's time out for folk in the church. Hateful attitudes. Speak. They act like they don't want to halfway speak. Y'all not hearing me this morning. It's time out for folks singing in the same choir. Precious Lord, take my hand. And they have certain folk they can't even associate with in the church and going to the same church. The devil is a lie. People having attitudes and all that stuff. God, we don't do God no favor because we show up on Sunday morning. The day is coming. You got to get out of here. And that's why the Bible teaches us don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Some folks some folk get mad about stuff and then they walk around with their lip poked out uh, looking, looking like a bulldog and mad and, and everything and, and they hold that stuff in their heart. If you die with that mess in your heart, in hell, you're going to lift your eyes. You can take it for what it's worth to you. Because Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. In Psalm 24, it asks the question, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? The answer to the two questions was, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart who have not lifted up his soul under vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. And when I look at this text, God spoke to me and said, son, I want you to understand that there are a lot of folks there in the church house, but they ain't ready to die because they are not spiritually prepared. Still walking around with hate in their heart and malice in their heart and jealousy in their heart and envy in their heart, ditch digging, backbiting, homongering, lying, committing adultery, fornication, all kind of stuff in the house. You got to get ready for the coming of the Lord. Death is coming. Can I tell you that death has a warrant for all of our arrests. And you can resist all you want. But death, when he come to arrest you, got to get out of here. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in a spiritual enough position to welcome him when he comes. And say, death, I've been waiting on you. You finna do me a favor because you finna transport me from life to eternal life. You finna transport me from sorrow to everlasting joy. You about to transport me, amen, from where I am in this wicked, low down, mean, hateful world. To 
a place where the wicked will cease from troubling and where the weary soul will finally be at rest. The question today is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? You, 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 you have to stay ready. Because the, here, here's the catch. No man knows the day. You don't know the hour in which your soul will be required of you. And it is time, my brothers and sisters, for us to make sure that our house is in order. Make sure that our business is fixed. And it's time for us to stop having church as usual. And God wants us to experience church unusual. I want you to understand as I go to my clothes today that when the Lord get ready, you got to move. When you get sick, you can call for Benny Hinn. As anointed as he is, when the Lord get ready, you got to move. Oh yeah, oh yeah, when, 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 when the Lord is ready. See, what we have to understand is that God is sovereign. And when he's ready, in other words, he calls the shots. In all of our lives, the time is coming. You can take all the vitamin you want to take. But even vitamin can't keep you here when it's your time to go. You can exercise. Do all your cardio, weight lifting, but when the Lord get ready, there have been some folk that died on the treadmill. And I learned that you don't have to be sick to leave this world either. I've known some folk that had a clean bill of health. Kick the bucket. What we have to understand is that just like we don't want to be like this food. We don't want to be like this food. But if you be a fool, be a fool for the Lord. The time is coming though where we got to get out of here. And it behooves all of us to make sure that we're ready. To make sure that we make the necessary preparation. And God is saying that there are some folk even in this room. You need to forgive folk. that have done you wrong. And God is saying to me that some, some of y'all in this room is still holding stuff in your heart against dead folk. 
That person had already died. Gone on to get their reward. But God is saying, you got to be willing to forgive people that have hurt you and wounded you real bad. Because here's the thing about it. If you don't forgive others, Jesus said, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Have I got a witness here? And I come to tell somebody whatever has been done wrong against you. It's time to let it go. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, put it in God's hand and let it go. It ain't worth dying and going to hell over. Is it anybody here that can say, when I die, my desire is to live with God. Have I got a witness? I don't want to go through hell all my life and die and go to hell. Have I got a witness? But I made up my mind. Oh, Lord, I want to be ready. I want to be right. I want to be saved. Is it anybody here that feel like me and said, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. Somebody say, yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. I come to tell you, all of us got to leave here one of these days. And the way I feel about it, when I get through singing and preaching down here and you can't find me nowhere come on up to bright glory I'll be singing up there somebody say yeah say yes is it anybody here got a made up mind I won't let nothing separate me from the love of God won't let no man no woman my brother my sisters my mother my father my problems I won't let nothing separate me from the love of God I got a made up mind I'm gonna run all the way Cause I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, well done. Somebody say, yeah, some glad morning when this life is over down here, I'll fly away to a place where joy shall have no end, to a place where the wicked will cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. Shake a neighbor's hand and say, neighbor, be ready 
when the Lord call your name. Tell them, neighbor, I'm trying every day, every day, every day to be ready when he comes. Say yes, say yes, 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 yes. I'm trying, I'm trying to make 100 because 99 and a half just won't do. Tell your neighbor 99 and a half is good, but it ain't good enough. 99 and a half, it just won't do. 91, I'm gonna trust God, son. 92, the Lord will see me through. 93, Jesus' face, I wanna see. 94, I wanna make it through. Heaven's door. 95, I gotta stay spiritually alive. 96, my little heart is fixed. 97, I'm on my way to heaven. 98, I want to make it through the pearly gates. 99, I'm glad I know Jesus is mine. When I reach 100, it'll be joy. 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 I speak up a joy. 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 Like a river. Joy. fight against me all they wanna I'm gonna keep on loving them in spite of anybody can say that regardless to what I face I got a made up mind I'm gonna endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ how many know when you're a good soldier you gotta take some stuff that you really don't wanna take when you're a good soldier but rejoice in as much as you know that it'll all pay off in the end.
someone to, today that desires to come 
You may be thinking about coming to surrender your life to the Lord or you may be thinking about coming to make this church your church home. Whichever one may apply to you, I want you to know that the doors of the church, this church, are open to receive you in the love of God. This is your chance to come. If you want to be saved or if you want to make greater union, your church home. This is your chance to come. The Lord said, whosoever will, let him come. Don't, don't, don't put it off any longer. If you feel that God is leading you to make this your church home, you need to come today. The Bible said today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put off today for tomorrow. Because you never know if tomorrow will come for you or not. Today is the day to get your business fixed with the Lord. Today is the day to make your heavenly reservation. Choose you this day whom you will serve. We still have room. If there's others that desire to come, you can come. There's room for you. There's room for you. If you feel led of the Lord to make this your church home, there is room for you at Greater Union. There's room for you. There's room for you. Maybe somebody else. You still have time to come. You still have time to come. You still have time to come. You may come by letter, candidate for baptism. You may come by Christian experience. You may come under watch care. It really doesn't matter in what manner you come, but what's most important is that you do come. The Lord is standing with an outstretched hand saying, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There may be someone else considering coming to make Jesus your choice, to make Greater Union your church home. You still have time, even as they're get, gathering this information from these that have come, you still have time to come. You still have time. You still have time. If there be another one. If there be another one. 
If there be another one, you still have time. You still have time. 